Hey everybody, and welcome to Was That Really Necessary? The podcast where we explore remakes, reboots, sequels, and prequels, and we ask the titular question, was that really necessary? With me, as always, is my lovely and talented co-host, Paul Abishan. How are you now? Doing well, doing well. Welcome back, everybody. Excellent. So... In case you guys haven't been able to listen to this before, we actually go in and we watch a movie, and then we watch it's either remake or reboot or sequel or prequel that may have taken a little bit longer to come around than the filmmakers wanted, and we really dive in to explore to see if it was actually necessary, if it was really worth it. Was this a director going, man, I have a passion project of wanting to remake this or bring this back to audiences, or was it somebody going, hey, you know what could make money? What if what, what if we brought that back? Would that be... You, you think that would be cool? That's still cool 20 years later. Yeah, I mean, that's still good. Pe- people want Pee-wee in the 2010s, right? I mean, I did, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. Uh, so, today, per Paul's choice, we actually get to dive into the 1994, in my mind, classic, Clerks, and the 2006 sequel, Clerks 2, where Kevin Smith takes us on a nice little journey through the, the day of a couple of clerks. So, Paul... That being said, what is the actual intro to Clerks? How would you describe it? How would you really build that up? If you had to tell us what a story is involved with this movie, what would you say? Well, in a, in a little nutshell, it's about Dante Hicks, who's a clerk at a local convenience store in the, the great state of New Jersey. And on one particular Saturday morning, he gets called in on his day off. Once there... He must deal with a multitude of problems. The shutters outside won't open. His ex-girlfriend, who be still in love with, is getting married. His girlfriend, who bugs him about starting college, has revealed a certain stuff about her past. His boss hasn't come in to take his place. He has a hockey game at 2 o'clock. Another ex has died, and today is the last day he can go to her wake. He must deal with cus- He must deal with customers that aren't so intelligent, along with his friend Randall, a clerk at the video store next door, is even less dedicated to his job than Randall and is always bothering the customers. And the biggest problem of them all, Zach, he's not even supposed to be there today. That's a hell of an explanation. It's about as, it's about as detailed as I think we can get. Say that's, that's the entire movie right there. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Now, if you guys haven't seen this movie, um, this was a personal favorite of mine growing up. It was one of those things. My, my parents, when we were growing up, and I think, Paul, you and I discussed this a little bit uh, yeah. prior to the podcast. My parents growing up were huge into Rolling Stone magazine. Now, if you guys don't know what magazines are, there were these printed actual physical things that would get sent to your house on like a monthly basis. And that was pre-internet. Really, the only way you got to learn about cool new shit about like movies and music. Music and yeah. And Rolling Stone had Clerks as one of their like favorite. Hey, you know what? This is a cool indie movie. You guys should go see it. This and guy Kevin parents, Smith might be somebody. Someday. Maybe, maybe he'll be somebody. He might do some things. So my parents read that and were like, "Hey, you know what we should do? We should get this movie on VHS because we just had a wall of VHS that we love to watch." So he did, and me probably not. I should not have been watching this at, what, 10 years old, 11 years old. But we did, and I can remember loving it because my parents loved it. I didn't really understand it. I didn't know what half the stuff they were saying was, but I loved it. And now growing up, I have a new appreciation for it, and I have really enjoyed Kevin Smith's movies. Um, He has some hits and misses, but I generally enjoy what he does, and I generally enjoy him, actually. Listening to him do podcasts and things like that are always kind of entertaining, too. He's got some funny stories. So Yeah, Kevin Smith's a great guy. I I find him funny. I find him intelligent. I think he's come a long way since Clerks. Uh, But just like every, almost every director, actor, there's, there have been... (laughs) Some misses and and Jersey Girl, Jersey Girl, yeah. Um, but even Yoga Hosers, most recently, I did not enjoy that movie. Although I did like Tusk, I, we were talking about that too. I I actually enjoyed Tusk. I think it's a fucking weird little horror movie, but who's who's to say what uh, what your taste would be on it? <laughs> and I think this really starts the, in my opinion, starts obviously as Kevin Smith's first real directorial yeah. debut, but it also really gives you an idea of what you're about to see through a lot of Kevin Smith's films. A lot of goofy, dumb shit, but everything has a very deep, very personal 
um, attachment to what's going on. Well, and Kevin Smith, and this is kind of the perfect example of it, mall rats chasing Amy. Um, Kevin Smith has, one of the things that I like most about him is he has really juvenile humor and stupid shit that happens on screen in a very strangely highbrow way. It's presented in a highbrow way. So in Clerks, perfect example are multitudes of conversations that Randall and Dante have that are just mired with wonderful, you know, like beats, uh, like pretty pretty funny beats and actually really good vocabulary. It's You can tell it's intelligently written. It's thoughtfully, you know, talk th- spoken through. There's, there's love behind the dialogue that happens there. But they're talking about Dick and fart jokes, and there or or the, the the. I was just gonna say to quote Chasing Amy, there's always money in Dick and fart jokes. There's always money in Dick and fart jokes, um, and it just it, it, I, I don't know. Smith really toes that line of an intellectual. You can tell that there's an intellectual writing this stuff, but he knows how to write below the intellectual level, but not pander to the lowest common denominator. In, in Clerks, I think. In, in Clerks. <laughs> in, in Clerks, And yes. even in Mallrats and a couple other examples, I think. I found Clerks 2 brings... might be a little bit of a different story, but let's move. We'll move beyond that. <laughs> I feel like he's, he brings childish, vulgar humor, but deep down there's a really, really deep personal connection to it. And what I mean yes. by that it, in, in particular is I'm 37. Yeah. There's a scene where uh, his girlfriend <laughs> talks about snowballing and, and, again, really juvenile thing to, to have in a movie. Introduced and, 10-year-old or 12-year-old me to the idea of not only what a blowjob was but what snowballing was. <laughs> right, exactly. And, and what I mean, I guess, a super juvenile, then you find out his girlfriend has had – has sucked 36 dicks and he's th- he finds out he's the 37. I'm 37? <laughs> and this continues for a while but really like it's really tackling insecurities within your relationship. Yep. If you really and and they do tie all that kind of up at the end. Mm-hmm. But these whole like I'm 37, you sucked how many dicks? And again, saying this in front of people, she's talking about, "Oh, that's snowball." And, Try not to suck any dick on the way wait, to the car. Yeah. Hey, get back here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All those, and, and again, marred by great one-liners. Hey, yeah. get back here as the or guy's the, turning around. I just oh. found out my girlfriend sucked 37 dicks, and the guy just goes, in a row? In a row. <laughs> it's like, that's brilliant. It's brilliant. But it, it, again, he brings, Kevin Smith has this habit of bringing everything together at the end to oh, yeah. make sense. To have Constant callbacks to everything. Constant. And and it, it's all rooted in personal experience, deep emotions that... He tackles, and you don't know that he's tackling it until later, and you're like, oh, shit, yeah, like, dude, who really does care? Like, I don't know. It always has this real deep side to it, and Mm -hmm. Clerks is the first one to do that, and you see it more in Mallrats. You really see it, in my opinion, in Chasing Amy. I think that has one of those huge comeback, deep impacts at the end, and um, my favorite part about Clerks is just kind of the – satirical play on just today's culture yeah everything from the dickheads at the video store (laughs) to the stupid questions they get i mean it's just fantastic i think that clerks if if you are from a future civilization and you think to yourself you know like it is now 2094 i would like to see a vision of what it was like to live in 1994 you could just pull out the clerks vhs somehow find something that could play it and then just show it to him, and that would be like, yep, here it is. Also, the world didn't exist in black and white, but, you know, film stock is expensive, and that's all they had at that point. So you get a black and white film. So there you go. I but think that would be good. The black, so glad you brought it up, because <laughs> yeah, let's talk about the black and white. The movie is shot in black and white. Well, and we'll talk about the budget that, um, you know, obviously get into that later. But Kevin Smith famously, like, borrowed and just, you know, did he borrowed from friends and family, maxed out credit cards, and filmed this all. He worked at the Quick Stop. They, you know, reframed it for the movie and everything like that. But they filmed it there at night when it was closed. So that's why, that's actually the reason why the shutters won't open, is that's his his narrative feature of being able to just be like, well, we can film at night and the shutters have to be closed and nobody will know. So it's done very cheaply, and like I said, this was all in the time of film. So he has no option but to have to go and buy film stock. Guess what's yep. fucking cheap? 
black and white. Black and white. So he gets around it by you know shooting it. It's also it also helps with the lighting. You don't have to light it quite as well. I was so say, you it, get a it works lot there. More, you get a lot more liberties with lighting. It's a lot less harsh under the the actual yes. light because he's filming under actual fluorescent bulbs yep. in an actual convenience store. So he is able to get away with that by doing this, and it gives us this nice grainy indie feature that works really well actually with the movie. Um, and he does, he just casts all of his friends basically with a couple of actors, but like most of these people are honestly just his friends. Um, for instance, I, I made note like Walt Flanagan, who, if you guys have never seen, what was it? Comic book men. That was yep. Kevin Smith's, you know, like comic book store that they open up. They actually had a reality show. Walt Flanagan's one of the owners of it. And he is the guy who's searching through the eggs. Literally the next scene, he's the offended customer that when they're talking about, having sex he's like well i'm offended, I'm by, offended that. by that and he's plays like five other ones scott moser who's the producer and co-writer in there he's a myriad of people in the in the whole thing it's just a whole bunch of like locals that they got to come in there and we're like hey can you come act at night please except for external shots where we will just try to film and not bother customers yep. <laughs> like that was how they film this whole fucking movie it's very guerrilla filmmaking actually which is i don't know i i loved it i love that they, they it, now it does take the sheen off of the acting a little bit. They are not the best actors. Some of these uh, line reads are not the greatest line reads in the world. Dante's girlfriend is not a good actress. She's wonderful, but she's not a good actress. She has some very stilted line readings in this. And Funny it, thing about her <laughs> is she is probably the most successfully continued of this. work yes. actor, actress, since... This since the movie came out, I mean, she yeah. has consistently had work. Oh yeah, and is still putting out movies. While most of the other folks outside of pretty Kevin much Smith, just do Jason Kevin Smith, Smith. just yeah. Um, which is it's funny because she has she has some some pretty bad line reads in this. But what um, what always becomes interesting about it too is like Kevin Smith goes into this with, with just like a passion to make film. Doesn't really know much about it, but what he actually pulls off are some pretty impressive like one shots, one takes. You know where he's got some some really nice like long takes of actually pretty decent reads, for, especially with Dante and Randall having some conversations and stuff. But he actually, you know, frames stuff up pretty well. The Chuli's gum representative in the in the beginning when he's stirring everybody up, there's some nice over-the-shoulder sh- over camera work where you can actually see it move around a little bit. It's not completely static, but it's not shaky cam or anything yeah, like that. It's not handy like, cam like you. Exactly. There, there's there's talent to be seen in this movie. You can definitely see how people would watch it and be like, "All right, fuck, I think this guy could do something." No, and again, to your point earlier, if I were to show this to someone today with no no context, nothing, I would say this is a brilliant director who's trying to make it look budget, not a budget director trying to be a yeah. good a, a big director. Oh, and I wouldn't maybe necessarily call him brilliant, but a good director, a good director. Kevin Smith, I think, is a better well. No, I won't say that. I was gonna say he's a better writer than a director, but I think he does. I think he does both well. I think he's. I think he's really come into his own as a as a director. I think he's he's pretty damn good. Yeah. Hits and misses. I think I, yeah. some of my favorite <laughs> movies surround um, Kevin Smith, and some of the stupidest movies I've ever seen. I think surround about Kevin Smith. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, it, 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 I mean, going back to on the budget, I mean, there was, for a convenience store, you would think nothing but labels, logos, labels, yeah. logos, none of it. They yep. managed to turn things and use, uh, I mean, there's a lot of cigarettes use, talking about cigarettes, the Chulis gum, who's yeah. actually there to stop kids from smoking, all this, but never do they actually use a name brand of cigarettes, which I well, thought is fantastic. Even in the video store, all the videos are turned to the side, yes. so you can't actually see what they are. Aside from, there's like two scenes. One is the scene where they're doing the really obvious questions, and the one girl is like, do you have any new releases? And yeah. they like zoom out, and they show the wall of new releases behind them. And then in the fight scene in the end, when Randall and Dante are fighting, there's a whole bunch of candy behind them. Yeah. And that's those are like the two scenes where they couldn't get away with out showing some actual brands in there. But that was those are really about it. Otherwise they're yeah, like you said, they're they're hidden. It's just or it's Chuli's gum, which is obviously not a real gum company. So I mean, Kevin Smith is pretty famous for making up a lot of different brands in which we find in Clerks too. Movies is the the fast food restaurant of choice, which is obviously not a real fast food restaurant either. So He's pretty big about this view universe, making that there's like you know there's always some some reoccurring brands that they make that are fake in there too. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely kind of its own little little universe in there. Um, 
And this is our this is our intro into Jay and Silent Bob as characters who have become pretty ubiquitous in pop culture now. But these guys were, I mean, Kevin Smith is obviously Silent Bob, and then Jason Mewes as Jay. They this just, is it. This they is get, the first. They they get to be the drug dealers hanging out in front again, acting a little bit rough, especially with Muse. He kind of comes into his own with a couple more movies under his belt as the character. But yeah, I mean, this is before like smoochy boochies. There's no taglines. Yeah. This is just them being two assholes outside of a gas station for all intents and purposes. I mean, that's what it was. Um, Kevin Smith really didn't you know this is where you see the first silent bob yeah he doesn't speak until the very end and it's generally something profound and And i love i love his line and just they don't all bring you lasagna man like lots of lots of what is he lots of fine-ass chicks in the world but not but very few of them bring you lasagna most of them just cheat on you most of them just cheat on you and it's and again that's kevin smith projecting probably you know personal experiences his own views on relationships (laughs) and and most kevin smith movies revolve around relationships this is they're all about relationships insecurities with yourself in a relationship insecurities with your partner in your relationship it 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 all for some reason seems to come back to that and that's i kind of want to meet the lady who hurt him and thank her because yeah. without that, we might <laughs> not be here watching these movies today. I mm-hmm. mean, it's it's like Adele. I want to meet the man that hurt her and <laughs> just probably multiple. thank him in some way because we would not have, you know, what we have today. But Did you just out yourself as a as an Adele fan? Right are, you, are you not? That woman's got some pipes. I mean, a different a different podcast for a different channel, but uh, I would be lying if I didn't say that I didn't that I, I I sing hello to my son, but with modified lyrics to in, you know involve his name in there. So that's I'm not gonna lie. Actually, actually, I also sing it to my dog because hello from the underbite works really well when you have a dog with an underbite. It really it's, does. It's pretty entertaining. Anyway, um, I I just kept constantly writing down little like one-liners and clips oh. and of of stuff that I loved because like I on a regular basis I say I'm not even supposed to be here today. I think it's funny. Bunch of savages in this town. I used it literally as we were starting to record. I was using that line because I think just oh, somebody jumped, jammed gum in the locks. Bunch of savages, savages in this town. Like it's just such a great line. Um, I do really love the did did he say making fuck their uh, the berserker, berserker. <laughs> cousin and. Uh, like the insubordination rules, <laughs> just like all these little quippy one-liners. I'm offering you my body, and you're offering me semantics. Like so you just see all these. You, you sound like an from, asshole. What I heard from that is Jeff Anderson makes the movies. <laughs> None I of mean, those were Brian. Brian's. Brian O'Halloran. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just saying uh, his uh, lines. Like uh, none aside of those from, were his lines. Hey, not even supposed to be here today. That's him. Credit credit is due. Uh. Bunch of savages in this town. I think he says that. I think they trade off saying that. Like I think a few people say that throughout the yeah. the entire movie. I it, it's Kevin Smith. I, I love the dialogue. All these stupid just like the yeah. But but back to what you were saying. Randall makes the movie. Are you kidding me? Dante's a sad sack. He is the straight man. He is the put upon you know like whiny bitch that is just trying to go th- get through this. And Randall is the Randall's the the surrogate for the the um, audience when we when you randall's whining and bitching or uh, dante's whining and bitching randall's the one who sits there and goes shut the fuck up like rather literally that's what he yes, says to yeah, him exactly <laughs> and then complains and you know he's the one who kind of slaps him out of there and it's when you realize this incredibly vulgar man who will list off porn titles in front of a woman and her her oh, daughter favorite scenes for to order happy scrappy hero pup oh, man. and you realize that this guy who's just a he, he spits water at one of their customers and all these just awful, awful things that he does. In the end, he just kind of—he's—he's he's the voice of reason. Is this the the really profoundly stupid thing? Is that he's the voice of reason aside from Silent Bob? Like those two guys are just—they're they're the characters that you want. I mean, yeah, they're the fire and the ice. There's <laughs> exactly. the how how you should behave and how you should treat a customer, and then there's the how do we want to treat a customer. Exactly. For, for those who haven't worked in retail, this this joke isn't for you. Oh yeah, um, or retail or <laughs> customer service in some sort of manner, hospitality, whatever you want. Randall to call it. is the how I want to treat a customer, the things yes. I want to say to a customer. Yep. He was a meme before there were memes. Exactly. He, he was the OG customer service meme. Yeah. Um, he's filled with one-liners. We could sit here and have an entire episode based off his one-liners. It's what Kevin Smith does well. Yes. Um, His quippy and their dialogue back and forth when they're talking about the 
the um, Empire Strikes Back versus Return of the Jedi endings and uh, all the contractors that work on the Death Star, which has become a meme. That's become this yes. famous thing that I don't even know if people really understand where that came from, but discussing other movies within a movie, this whole meta thing that Kevin Smith loves to do, brings back again in Clerks 2. Schwaki brings that back in most of his movies. It's just like this is where it all originates from. So, I mean... I, 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 in case you guys haven't been able to tell, I have an unabashed love for this movie. I still, I was pleasantly surprised to rewatch it. I haven't watched it in a while and see that it held up today. My one thing that I regret is not being able to somehow include Clerks the Animated Series in all of this because if you haven't seen it, go out and watch it. It's hysterical. Only ran for six episodes. Uh, travesty, it didn't get more. Anyway, Paul, we mentioned budget before. Yeah. So I think you probably have something to this say about that. This might be the lowest of any movie we've done. I mean, for sure. So far, this has got to be the lowest. An estimated budget of, and I'm going to go down to the dollar here. Ooh. I'm going to go down to the dollar of $27,575. <laughs> That's the estimate. That's the Be- estimate. Best guess. Best guess. We're talking $27,000 here uh, of for a movie. It did have a limited release back in... Um, it's opening weekend, it, thirty-one thousand. Yeah, it really is all it did. Now, gross USA today, because uh, it eventually gets picked up after I don't remember. One, it got screened at some film festival and got a limited release from an actual product producer at some correct. point. I don't remember. So it hit more theaters than just the thirty-one thousand eventually. Uh, yeah. I don't remember yeah. exactly how that happened, but some well, somebody picked it up and screened it and found it and was like, yeah, I'll distribute that somehow. Hollywood's biggest piece of shit came out. Oh, in, it was Weinstein, and wasn't Harvey it? Weinstein oh, I almost, I almost said that, and then it did. Yeah, no, that's right. That's why Kevin Smith's been donating so much money to the Me Too movement because he basically profited off a lot of money off Harvey Well, Weinstein. yeah, that's been a big thing for him, too, is just like, holy shit, I was, I, this I, guy made me and I always owed him my career, and now I kind of fucking hate him. I, that's I, right. Yeah. That's right. So we are oh. a Gross USA today of over three million. Yeah, and, and I mean, again, not a huge money. That's not Marvel money. No, but these are all VHS sales and streaming. Relative, relative to its budget, uh, relative to a budget of twenty-seven thousand, making three point one million. That's a massive success. That's huge. That's, out, that's just huge. That's impossible. Like, that's nearing Blair Witch. Le- wow, well, Blair Witch kind of blows that out of the water. I think total. But anyway, that, that, that's 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 a good take. Now, did you, we, so every week we do try and find some five-star, one-star reviews mm-hmm. just to kind of show what other people think about it. Yes. I had no problem finding a one and a five-star review. There were they, You either hate this movie or you love this movie. There was not many middle grounds. Like, I didn't see a lot of fours. I not didn't see a, a lot huge of amount. Oh. You either five-starred this motherfucker or you one-starred it. Yep. Did you find a one-star did I find a one-star? I found a one-star review. So this one-star review comes from us, and it is simple, to the point. I think we get why this person said, uh, doesn't doesn't enjoy it. They say, lame, no color. They hated it because, because it was black and white. Because it was black and white. That's that's the, the best, best critique of this movie that this person can muster. No color. Cool. Or well, maybe they're complaining that there wasn't much racial diversity in the movie. I don't know. I'm going to go with the black and white thing, though. <laughs> yeah. Both. Um, what about you, Paul? Well, what, what's your one star? Mine was, uh, this person has a short attention span. They said they couldn't watch more than five to seven minutes. So understand that this rating isn't of the entire film. Perhaps it got better. Okay. It has an R rating. Some language should have been expected. The pervasiveness of it, in my opinion made it unwatchable this movie's not long it's, it's an not a half long yeah so perverted yes there is yeah, some there's for sure there's some dirtiness in it oh yeah oh yeah um but i mean if it probably took them longer to write that review than it did to watch five to seven minutes yeah that's unfortunate the good news is there were some five stars out there. There were some five stars out there. I had some fun with it did you did you find anything i did so this person says loved it Five stars. I have seen this movie a lot. Serious. When I first was a cord cutter in the late 1990s, I had this on DVD. I just bought the DVD. Hysterical. Now, I've seen it a lot. They're serious about that. I want to 
bring up the fact that this person claims to be a cord cutter in the late 1990s. That's that's bucking a trend pretty fucking early right there. I don't even know like how that's possible. Well, and it says they had it on DVD then, and then they then they say I just bought the DVD. That's in 2018, by the way, when this happened. So, I this person is either a time traveler or they just they just there's a whole lot of anachronisms happening right here that they were I I don't know, but I I loved it because this person claimed to be a cord cutter in the 90s. This is a fucking trailblazer, my friend. This is a Do modern day. Do they mean day, that like, maybe like they just only started watching DVDs? I mean, maybe. I don't know. I mean, like wireless wasn't really a thing, so you it weren't streaming. streaming. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Neat. What about you? Did you find a five-star review in there? I did. I did. It was pretty interesting. It's uh, It's entitled The Movie from That Guy in Your Google Feed. Ha! <laughs> Kevin Smith, you know the guy who's always in your Google feed with a new theory about Star Wars or the Avengers? Well, that guy made a movie once, a long time ago in a far, far away New Jersey? So if you're curious about that dude, then this is where you start. That review was left on April 20th of 2019. For those who don't know their months, always up, 420. Always up in your... In your feed, talking about I I, I don't see I him don't in my Google feed much feed anymore. Is. Yeah, yeah, mm. no, no, not in my Google feed very much. But in on four twenty, that's what this guy was really harping about his Google feed, and that's where he met Kevin Smith. So, um, interestingly enough, Rotten Tomatoes eighty eight percent of critics like this, eighty nine percent of audiences did. Certified fresh on both accounts. Um, you mentioned three point one million. This was number one hundred and fifty-five in nineteen ninety-four, and the top three for that year: Forrest Gump, Lion King, True Lies. I mean, we all know Clerks isn't going to compete with those guys, but kind of interesting to see just what the uh, top grocers were when this fun little, I think, still holds up. Fun little comedy that holds up pretty well, even if they're uh, they they make it pretty good about not being topical about the time just a nice like encapsulation of what was going on at the time especially in fashion there's some good fashion in that movie oh and the oh, callbacks boy. the callbacks um <laughs> there's a guy who dies in the bathroom <laughs> there's ex-girlfriend dies in a swimming pool mm-hmm. all of these characters get callbacks these these all get referenced again between mall rats like chasing amy yeah you hear about uh, the oh you knew the guy who died in the the pool yeah oh my friend fucked a dead guy in the bathroom it's like thank you kevin smith like thank yep. you for keeping this going and well and yeah like i said i made the mention of it before but his his company is called view askew and he has what he calls the view askew universe that's all of these movies that basically anybody any movie that features jay and silent bob he's come out and said is in that movie in that yeah. universe which fun fact would include scream 3 which would mean all the scream movies take place in the view askew universe because jay and silent bob show up in that and there's a few other little random cameos like that, too. So there's just some some weird stuff that gets included in there. Anything uh, else to say on Clerks before we move on to the second? No, no. Uh, this was this was voted as one of the most overrated movies of all time by Premiere Magazine. Wow. Um, Interesting. It, I, again, you either hate it, you either love this movie and you see the, you see the vision behind it, or you think it's an overrated piece of shit. That's, I mean, there's I, no middle ground. I love it. Um, moving on to Clerks 2 now, 2006. This one, uh, this one has a slightly different storyline for it. Um, yes. A calamity at Dante and Randall's shop sends them looking for new horizons, but they ultimately settle it in movies, a fictional fast food restaurant. Free from his dead-end job and lodged in a new one, uh, Dante begins to break free of his rut, planning to move away with his clingy fiance. Dante is ready to leave the horrors of minimum wage New Jersey behind, but Randall, always the more hostile of the two, starts to become overwhelmed by his own rancor. Will they leave? Will they not? Who knows? Come with us on a journey. So here we are again with Dante. <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna jump into this piece of shit. <laughs> Dante again is for all again he's kind of just a shitty human being he's a wet blanket he's a wet blanket but somehow keeps coming out with like pretty attractive girlfriends this time his fiance played by kevin smith's wife jennifer schwalbeck smith and then is cheating on her with rosario dawson 
And it's worth noting something that we didn't, I don't think we really mentioned the first clerks. You know, he has his ex that he's like still talking to on the phone, this woman that loves him and brings him lasagna. And he's like kind of will they, won't they. The ex comes to see him. He like almost does something with her, but then ends up not through a series of events. And then the other one finds out about it from Randall, of course. So now we're back into jumping right into, hey, he's got a fiance, good one that he really likes, that truly loves him, that treats him well. And he is sidetracked with this other woman that he's painting toenails of, which is another theme that randomly happens. Yes. Kind of so, odd. yes, there's there's a lot of callbacks to clerks. Yep. And, and almost too many callbacks. It's yep. like you, they, they tried really, really hard to get you to remember things from clerks. Because there's a rooftop so. scene. There's a whole bunch of discussions about, oh, this time it's Lord of the Rings, not Star Wars, but, you know, whatever. The Transformers. It's just it's It is a lot of callbacks. Now. I will tell you that I didn't hate it nearly as much as you have rancor for it. I didn't like it as much watching it again this time, though. I, I have great memories of watching this in college, and I think it's more just the nostalgia for I was hungry to go back to Clerks. So I I will admit it didn't hold up as well as I'd wanted it to, but I don't hate I don't hate it. I don't hate I don't hate the movie. Paul's just dead staring at me. Yeah, right I I I didn't get it. I I there there's one character that I found humorous. That's Elias. Elias is great. Uh, he works. He's just a, a young kid that works with these two dickbags at movies, um, and he is he just plays this naive little innocent kind of Christian sheltered boy who's stuck with randall and dante now who they have tried to corrupt this kid comes out with just it just ignorance is humorous mm -hmm. he thinks that his girlfriend ha has a troll named pillow pants that lives in her vagina and if he sticks his penis in there pillow pants will eat it i mean it's when she has one in her mouth, what are they? Oh, yeah, I can't remember. It's some play off of Listerine now. It's just, oh, it's, it's just so good. That whole too, scene is so fucking good. It's too much. There's, Lister fiend. That's what it that's is. What Lister it fiend. Is. There is. You mentioned the Lord of the Rings scene, and in mm -hmm. my opinion, the funniest scene in the whole fucking movie. He does it with uh, a guy from the show Alias. Yep. He is in it. Yep. Um, and. It is my. It is actually how I see Lord of the Rings. I don't dislike them, but I, I fully he agree. He sums that. it up perfectly. Yeah, which is where he just walks. It's he just, just walking. Walks. He just walks and then walks back and then walks back again and drops a ring, and that's it. And yep. Uh, I do like in the second in, in the two towers his explanation of walking. He walks and then he has like a little trip and he kind of like looks at what he fell on and then he's like, oh, okay, yeah. keeps moving, keeps moving. Even the damn trees walk in those movies. <laughs> <laughs> and it is it, you are you you get right back into it. Randall yep. is Randall. Yep, he's stepped up the vulgarity in my opinion. Yeah, well, he throws in some racial stuff in there too, They're, which is hilarious because Wanda Sykes is in it and I don't always like her, but she's used really well in this one. So so the camp, scene is good. Thank you. I was going to say, they, they. you can tell Kevin Smith is a name now. He's oh, yeah. made friends in Hollywood. He's got people he can call. The because cameos. It is cameo after cameo after cameo. Ben I mean, Affleck shows up just yep. to say one fucking line and have the back of his head to the camera for most of it. But it's great because in all of the movies prior to this, Ben Affleck bitches about being gawked at. He doesn't want to be gawked at in Dogma. He doesn't want to be gawked at in Chasing Amy. He doesn't want to be gawked at in Mallrats. But on on the contrary, he because uh, he plays he plays two characters in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, and one of which he talks about himself in the th because he's he's playing a character, yes. but he's like except for uh, Affleck was the bomb in Phantoms, man. Yeah, like, was the like, bomb in Phantoms, which man. is good to see that he has a sense of humor about himself. But that's beside the point. <laughs> I mean, absolutely. I mean, this is where, uh, I mean, a Affleck obviously is very ingrained into yeah. the Kevin Smith universe, into all that he's been in multitude of, of his movies. Um, this, this movie's fucking stupid. <laughs> the cameos couldn't save it. Jay and Silent Bob couldn't save it. This movie was fucking stupid. So... Here's where I'll defend it a bit. Now, I'm not going to say that it's as good as the original. I will never, ever argue that. But the original movie is all about it's, – it's about Dante not being able to move on, right? And the thing that forces his hand in it is Randall. Randall talks to his, his uh, current girlfriend about how he thinks Dante wants to leave her because he's 
caught up on his ex. They keep everything is just them. They've never left their hometown, right? The second one starts off, and the callbacks, I, I don't enjoy them, but I get why he was doing it because the whole beginning, the whole first two-thirds, three-quarters of the movie is, again, all about how Dante can't move on. And he's trying to. He's trying to go to Florida. He's trying to get in with his new fiance. He's trying to go through this. And he can just tell that there's something just lingering. And then you get the bombshell drop that, oh, shit, he and Rosario Dawson had had sex once. And now she is Brigante. So she can't, you know, like, now he's torn. He's like, oh, shit, what am I going to do? Maybe I can't leave. And then Randall has a nice, actually fairly emotional kind of touching scene in the last little bit. They get arrested for having a donkey show in there. That's a whole other thing that I kind of enjoy, but Kinky Kelly um, and the super stud or whatever it is. They Randall has this actually fairly touching scene, which shows that they've actually grown as actors, I appreciate. And he tells him that, hey, maybe you should move on, but that doesn't mean you have to leave us behind. And they buy the quick stop grocery store and it's a little overly sappy and i hate the last fucking line is today's the first day of the rest of our lives like really smith that's you you're better than that you're better than that but it fades to black and white the the first part of the movie is in black and white then it goes to color and then it fades to black and white and they show the milkmaid the woman who's searching for the milk in there i think it's a nice attempt at showing that Dante's he's constantly striving in the second movie to actually try to move on. And it's kind of Kevin Smith's way of basically saying like, hey, you know what? You don't necessarily have to move on. You just have to mature or whatever you want to call it. You just have to figure something else out. Now, all that being said, I think that it, the movie does a kind of a nice job of doing that. Um, the problem is, is that Kevin Smith, by making Clerks 2 kind of prove that he doesn't know how to move on. <laughs> And I, the, thank you. I was just thinking. Some, I was like, there's, there's, there's something you there. I, you see where I want to go with this, right? <laughs> there's, there's something there. So after my long diatribe about how I actually kind of enjoy it and how I like some of the story beats that he's getting in there, I don't think he can actually do it. Is the problem? That's, I like the idea of the movie more than I think I like the movie, be, uh, actual execution of the movie. How does that sound? Does that sound better? Sure. <laughs> um, yes. I. I... I mean, I guess I, I I have issues with the movie in general. I think the characters were kind of stupid. It was just a uh, let's bring all my friends in for five <laughs> seconds because I can. Um, I don't think it got nearly as de- it was dick and fart jokes to be dick and fart jokes. It, it did yeah. not have that emotional mm-hmm. level that I feel like Clerks Two did. It was like, hey, let's see if I can play off some nostalgia. And talk about these guys again who are aged, bloated, not really good actors to begin with, didn't really become better actors in that 12 years. Cool. Like, we got Rosario <laughs> Dawson. She's she's cool. Um, she has a great little dance number. She has a great dance number. But in 2006, nobody really knew who Rosario Dawson was. She, she she's was, not she's not the Rosario Dawson that we see today. As I think she was nearing – she was going to – probably in the next couple of years because when was like Alexander and all those that's probably where she starts to really um, really peak but I don't know yeah you're right I mean she isn't isn't who she is today she's sort of well known but not hugely well known her biggest thing that that she really did the year before this came out was when the movie production of Rent came out and that was Uh, in my opinion she did Rent she really was not known in Sin City like nobody was really paying attention to her no and Alexander's right in this time frame too but like I I think she's getting more and more well known but I don't I don't know that she's ever really been a big big star anyway she's well she's more recognizable than an actual like name right does that make sense yeah, visually I mean, more recognized than a name. Visually more recognized. She's she's obviously she. I mean, she's um, engaged to be married to a presidential candidate at the moment. Uh, she's done. She did the Marvel universe, so she's now in the MCU in yeah. some form or fashion. She's been a she's been around. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's that. She's appeared in other Kevin Smith's movies. She's doing the Jay and Silent Bob reboot episode for another day. Yeah, I know. We're uh, never, we're gonna, never have, gonna run out of stuff. Never gonna about. run out of shit here. <laughs> but yeah, this movie just wasn't as good. Like it just didn't have as much meat to it. Yeah. It was more dick and fart jokes 
because dick and fart jokes. Mm-hmm. And I think that, yeah, that's probably about the best way to sum it up. So if we look at the original one being made for $27,000, 27575 or whatever it was, did that get increased a little bit with this one, Paul? You know, funny story. He had a little bit higher of a budget for this one. <laughs> Weird. Um, he had, in the in this time, he had done some pretty pretty, pretty good movies. Obviously, Miramax hooked up with him. Um, but you know get, what? You know what I looked at is a quick atta- quick tangent. Sorry to interrupt. I what I realized is his movies never really made that much money. I was thinking like, okay, Clerks made three million, so then obviously like Mallrats, Chasing Amy after that are going to be big. Like, Mallrats is like five million. Chasing Amy was like five and a half. Yep. Dogma made like thirty million. That was about as big as he, he had gotten really. And then Jane Silent Bob, I don't think that made much either. I was, I was kind of surprised. I was like, huh? I thought he made some more money. I thought I thought he made more money than that. So that, that that was just like a quick tangent as I was kind of looking some of the stuff up. I was surprised by that. Yeah, even still, some of his earlier works, I think they were much more appreciated after the fact. That's I true. Think he, yeah. I don't know what home video does for him. I'm sure that boosts everything way the hell up. I think home video did really well for him. Uh, that you could, they weren't. No one was going to go spend money, or at least in my mind, the people that wanted to see these movies were going to go see. The blockbusters. That's what they were going to pay their money to go see in the theaters, not an independent film that, for all intents, still kind of on that independent yeah, side, yeah, yeah. that I'm not gaining anything by seeing in the theater. Mm-hmm. I can watch it at home. I can rent it. I can bring it. And that's that's how I saw a lot of these. I didn't see Chasing Amy in the theaters. No, no. I didn't did see I. Mallrats in the theaters, nope. but I sure as shit rented the hell out of them. Oh, yeah. Well, and I think Kevin Smith has always been a big proponent of the internet, so he's always done really well to promote himself there and have kind of a second life with yeah. all of his movies there too. Absolutely. So, what did this bring in for box office then? So he was given or five, budget. Sorry. He was given five million to do this. Yeah. Uh, opening weekend, ten million. Not Damn. bad for a wide. It was a wide release, but mm-hmm. right off the bat, ten million. Um, as of the time, so this is not up to date, but as around two thousand six, even. That first year, Gross USA was $24 million. So, I, I mean, came out on top. This movie is still obviously making money in some ways. Yeah. Uh, but not 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 a bust no, by and any it was, means. It ranked number 105, so that's better than uh, Clerks did. The uh, top movies of that year were Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest, which I think is the, that's the second one, maybe? Possibly. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, then Night at the Museum and Cars. So... Again, the th- the thing of it is, is that neither of these movies rank particularly high when you look at them in that regard. But you know, a twenty seven thousand and then grossing three million—that's really damn good. Five million grossing twenty, almost twenty five or over twenty four million, like almost five times the budget. That's those are those are good money makers. Those are good money makers, right? Absolutely. There. So you can't really fault him for that. At least he's he's bankable. Give him give him a little bit of budget and let's see what he can do. That's that's pretty good actually. Now, um, you know, we talked about being able to to find the five and one stars for Clerks. It was pretty easy. Clerks two found it was a it was a little more difficult to find some five stars for this. I mean, there there were there are people that really love it. I would never give it five stars. But uh, Paul, were you able to 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 carve out a five star review for it? I was. It was called Hilarious Two. Oh, really? Um, for Clerks, my review read. Hilarious movie for adults only. Off the wall humor that will laugh you right out of your chair. Well, for Clerks 2, double that. Laughed all the way through the movie. Wow. It's a bold statement. They, they seem to really enjoy dick and fart jokes. I mean, I do. I don't know. I do that much. How about you? Did what? What did you? What did that? Did you? Did you have to scour the internet for that five star? No, I did not. But this one, I want you to bear in mind. This is a five star review, and it is titled Five Stars." The bulk of this review is friggin' stupid stoner movie. Liked the other one better. Five stars. Okay. I don't know if this person knows what a five star review is, <laughs> but you know. I liked it. Thought it was pretty good. It is kind of a stupid stoner movie. I did watch it while under the influence a lot in college, but that was all the way back then. What about some one star reviews? I those were not as hard to come by for me. Paul, did you uh, did you happen to find one that tickled your fancy in <laughs> I there? Did. <laughs> I did. I had a trend of mine. Uh, this one's oh, called yeah. "Wasted Fifteen Minutes." Oh boy! 
didn't make it 15 minutes. Oh my. I don't know if it was written for or by a 12-year-old. <laughs> no one that I did reviews for on the negative side finished the That's that's interesting. It's bold that they then decided that they felt they felt they knew the movie well enough to fight write a full review right? of it then. That's kind of interesting. Right? Yeah. What about um, you, Zach? What you got? Well, this one uh, I thought had an interesting viewpoint. Um, fun fact, you may notice a trend with this one as well. I consider this to be soft porn, all the jokes. I couldn't watch it for more than 10 minutes. Neat. I, I, I want to stress, it's written as, I consider this to be soft porn, comma, all the jokes, period. I don't know what that sentence means. And also, I don't know how this is soft porn. You get to see Kevin Smith's wife's nipples through a bra. It's not even, like, it's not even full boot. Soft porn. This is soft porn. That's what it is. I Also, I think that happens. Well, that might happen within the first ten minutes. But still, it's kind of impressive. Yeah, it's pretty It's pretty not softcore anything. Um, yeah, so, so let's, you know what? Let's rank this piece of garbage. <laughs> all right so let's break it down we'll get into some scoring criteria here um we're gonna rank it uh we're gonna break down the two movies and rank them against each other for cast acting direction slash script production value and enjoyment value so let's go to the cast cast of the first one versus cast of the second one who you got in this one as far as just being a better cast, cast, just pure cast, not acting, just cast. Fucking Clerks Two. Clerks Two has I'm, a better I'm gonna cast. Give, I'm going to give credit where credit will be due. I cannot, I cannot agree more. Clerks Two has a has a phenomenal cast. Well, what about the acting that's involved in there, though? This is this one's so. Uh, this one's a tough one for me, okay? Because Clerks Two has the better cast. Neither one of them are particularly well acted because it's a lot of amateurs. And Clerks, the original, is is all amateurs. There is not a single professional actor in there. So for me, I have to give acting just being better to Clerks too as well, actually. Yes. As just far as being as, as acting. Not writing, yep. not the script, but the just the actual acting. Actual acting. I, I, I gotta agree. I gotta yep. go I gotta go with Clerks too. It, yep. it is better acting. Um, direction slash script. I mean, I think the direction, I think Kevin Smith has grown a bit as a director on the set for Clerks 2, but the script and the just general overall, like, it's Clerks 1. I mean, Clerks 1 is just the better made movie, I think, which is interesting because it's so amateurish and so, you know. But that's like, what makes it a good movie, yeah. though, is that it is amateurish, that it is 100% Kevin Smith doing whatever Kevin Smith wants to do. Mm-hmm. You could tell that there's... A studio involved with Clerks too. Yes, exactly. So if you're talking script and direction, I'll take amateur Kevin Smith over Clerks too. I mean, I'll take Clerks one any show. Sure. Yep, for my opinion. Um, production value. I mean, it's Clerks two has the better production value. It really, honestly, does. It just like I, I love the way Clerks one looks and the graininess of it and the amateurish filmmaking. But Clerks two is the better production value. It just it just is better it is. higher production value. Yes, you're right. You're right. I I I, I don't like that, yeah. but you're right. It is it is just better. Enjoyment value, on the other hand, oh, Clerks one. It's I clerks. mean, there's it's there's just... no yeah. I mean, Clerks one is way more enjoyable. Oh yeah, obviously. Which is funny because now I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna ask which one you enjoyed better. I just like to bear in mind that of the five criteria, the Clerks two takes three of them. Yep. But which one do you enjoy better? Clerks one. Oh yeah, I mean, hands down. There's just no question about it, which is, which is just funny. It goes to show you, like, you can make a technically better movie, better in quotes. You mm-hmm. can't see my air quotes here, uh, and it's still just not as good as the first one. There's just that charm and that love for that first one. It's just, it's really exciting, and you do still get to see some emotion with Kevin Smith and Clerk too. You can tell that it is still trying to be. It, it's still personal to him, and he's trying to make it as personal as the as the first one. But it's just. It's just not there. So, all this being said, Paul, I gotta ask, Clerks 2, was that really necessary? No. Just, no. It should have been left as is. It was this cult classic. No. No. Okay, so here's my defense. I'm just kidding. You know, this, it's not necessary. I, I like the movie. I think it's <laughs> kind of entertaining, but I have, I, I have no defense for it. It was, it was, I, it just... 
I think Kevin Smith meant well doing it, but it just there's it's no there's no necessity to it. The Clerks one, let sleeping dogs lie. It was salsa shark. I mean, come on, it's just it's perfect. Yeah, it was it was a good movie. It's as perfect as that could have been made. (laughs) You didn't need to. Kevin Smith did not need to make this movie, especially considering he's 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 got the other movies that kind of act as at least spiritual successors to Clerks, with them all being part of the same universe and Jane Silent Bob being through all of them. Like, you don't need to make this movie. You just don't. No, I can't imagine. I just don't understand why it was made. Um, I don't know. And I'd love to interview Kevin Smith someday and just ask him why. What made you want to make this movie? I mean, I get money. Was it? (laughs) Was it? I don't know. I'd respect him more if he came by and was like, "Oh yeah, Miramax was going to offer me like millions of dollars to do this movie." That's what I would assume. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. You know what? (laughs) I won't judge you because no one's offering me millions of dollars to make a movie. That's true. My integrity probably goes right out the window with that much money. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. So I get it. No one's offering me millions. I just, in the end, I don't. No, this was not necessary. That it wasn't. It was not necessary. All right. Well, I mean, we're we're in agreement on this one, so that one was uh, definitely not necessary. Now, this time, as you guys may or may not know, we get to choose and surprise the next person with what the next topic of this podcast will be. So Paula doesn't have any idea what I'm actually going to be saying right here, and I get to surprise him. So, next time on this podcast. We are going to uh, we're going to cover a movie about an Irish police officer. I believe it's pronounced Rob O'Cop. That's it, right? It's Rob Rob O'Cop. Rob O'Cop. Rob O'Cop. I believe so. Oh no! Wait! Oh shit! No! I think that's called RoboCop. Yep, it's RoboCop. It's from 1987. It was Robo-Cop remade in 20. 20- <laughs> it was made in uh, remade in 2014. So we get to actually cover the uh, the joy. Of RoboCop, I think I think that's where we're gonna where we're gonna see if this was necessary or not. Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. We love that you are. Please follow us, subscribe, do whatever you can, rate us, give us some ratings out there. We would love to uh, hear what you guys have to say about it. Tell us if we were actually necessary. So from everybody here, I am Zach Buell, and I'm Paul Abishon. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.